1: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Who Do Justice Magic, binaural production engineer Damian Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And monthly co host Kat Baldwin, author of The Forgiveness Workshop. And this episode is being host is sponsored by Tarot by Ginger.com. And her name is Ginger Glasser. And you can get readings from her at Tarot by Ginger.com. I highly recommend her if you're looking to need some insight on a major decision or things that are going on in your life. Um, I think that is the way to go to find out what type of influences are at play and uh, now without further ado our guest for today is joyce anastasia and um, she has been on before and she's returning again and thank you for coming on today
2: you're welcome gary it's really an honor to be here very happy to be here
1: yes last time we had you on we had a fascinating conversation and i didn't feel like we had reached talked about everything that we could talk about um so i wanted to come back today to talk about more about um, the unexplained type of things the neds the ufos um you know interdimensional beings angelic realms stuff like that
2: that sounds fantastic (laughs) that's what i swim in sometimes gary
1: (laughs) So um, what do you think? Do you, do you think that extraterrestrials, multidimensional di- beings, angels, demons, paranormal um, events, are they all connected? Are they all the same thing? Are they all part of the same picture? Or are they separate?
2: Oh my goodness, that's a fantastic question. Well, on a big, big scale, I think we're all connected. Right. Everything connected. From, uh, the divine to us and we choose in whatever species we we choose to be represented in make choices mm-hmm. about whether we feel separated or connected
1: right um ha- have you yourself personally had any type of communication with an extraterrestrial or outside entities
2: uh, yes, and many times in my life, and it, they were. I was thinking about this the other day in, in reflection about what we would talk about today, and I asked myself, is there a pattern of when this happens? Is there something that I don't know pre pre occurs that allows for something some portal something else to open up mm-hmm. and there there are a few things that came up in my in my reflection one was when people need help or when there's a call for help a call for action right. i i feel as if it opens up something for me personally mm-hmm. i don't This happens for everyone, but for me, I feel like suddenly all stops are are removed. Anything that might be in the way of helping someone uh, opens up to support from other realms and other dimensions. When something may be just on Earth in the dual plane where there's a lot of weightiness and our gravitational pull Uh, doesn't allow for the kind of timeless energetic of support so for example I have seen many times on highways when there's a huge accident and I am very sensitive so if there is an accident Mm -hmm. I will likely see the spirit leave their body and Sometimes in my life I have literally seen an angel come down and lift the spirit out of the body so that this is my understanding of it or reflection of it as it unfolds is it is to relieve the end suffering so it's not so traumatic so it becomes a an invitation to something rather than what's happening to my body right? right and so I feel like it's a call from that spirit who is connected to a body dying mm-hmm. gets to call and open up that portal and allow those other energies perhaps angels that have been guardians of that being for their whole life or it might be relatives that have been also guardians of their life who have passed um that's one thing so the first thing is this call of uh just assistance assistance call for assistance and then the second is when the emotions of human beings get so big that again something else opens up like for me with my third near-death experience when I was being strangled mm-hmm. I my whole emotional being was in a cacophony of of emotions I was feeling Frightened. I was feeling um, like I was going to lose my life. And it was like time shifted from a timeline of linear, I'm on this pathway, to all of a sudden timeless. Time slowed down and time sped up. One other thing is this notion of protection of our world, like when nuclear work was being done and I witnessed events in my own life where I knew there was something going on and being created that would be pretty destructive to our planet. And I saw many UFOs during that time frame. I happened to be in Arizona at the time, but it also intersected with something that was happening in my life that was very emotional for me. And it was around um, getting divorced and having a really challenging uh, time with even making that choice. But um, that it's a really long story.
1: <laughs> well, well, so there's a whole lot there just to talk about, you know, um, like when you first say they they when we reach out for assistance, the assistance seems to come, and in some ways, that um, that validates this idea the idea of prayer or or asking saints for help or asking God for help or, or just throwing your hands up and just saying. I don't know what to do. Something, help me.
2: Yes. Yes. We're very powerful in that way. We've talked about this a little bit before. There is this spiritual understanding. It's like a guideline, a a law, if you will, that says intervention cannot happen unless a human being asks for help genuinely from from their being and when they do they might not see it tangibly but it's there and it happens and it often comes in these unseen ways especially if there's uh, a fear around being helped from the unseen planes
1: Hmm. and then with the near-death experience um, and i think we talked about this a little bit too I talked about it with other guests who've had these experiences is that we are given the opportunity to leave our bodies before it actually dies so we don't have to feel that suffering is that do you do believe that there's something to that and is that part of what you experienced during your near-death experiences
2: yes and yes <laughs> but it's it's complicated i think it's more layered than that not complicated but more layered and depthful than that i don't think it's just about not suffering because i think sometimes we come here so that we can understand the delta between suffering and 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 peaceful energetics Mm -hmm. it's a way of learning but um What what I experienced myself was this sense of, we are in these bodies for a certain amount of time, but we're actually eternal, we're we're actually eternal. And we just use this to learn a certain amount of life stuff. And also maybe, I, I have felt in this lifetime that I was called back to uh, to help to guide others, almost like, oh, I really don't want people to make all those crazy mistakes that I've already
0: made. In the past. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my goodness! And and to just give them a picture, give people a picture of what it could be like if even they shift their decisions just a little bit so the other part of of dying yes you you relieve some of the suffering but there's this expansiveness of it's not just black and white on our planet because it's a dual planet we feel like everything is black and white if i do this then i can't do that if If I make this choice, then it shuts off everything else. In a way, there's some truth in that because of our time constraints here. Mm -hmm. So when a near-death experience happens, there is just this opening up, like every possibility ends up in, in front of our faces and we can look at threads of of timelines except especially that's what I've experienced and people I've spoken to who had mm-hmm. near-death experiences like so all of a sudden if they just even think for a second of our time about a choice they get to see well what will that look like in the future so when I do my psychic readings or my intuitive readings for people This is what happens to me. It's like this plethora of little vignettes and scenes like almost movie scenes. Like If my sacred client who comes to me Mm -hmm. wants to make a choice, let's say I'll just pick my choice of getting divorced, leaving someone for whatever reason, I will... All of a sudden see, well, if this, then this, then this, then this. And I will share those pictures, those little movie scenes that I see in front of me. And then I will be shown through their guides and my guides what pathways are the best choices in the moment. If you go here, this is the likely outcome. If you go over here there's a rough and rugged road however you could choose any one of them no one can tell you what to do if you choose the one that was described as this is a rough and rugged road and you experience a rough and rugged road it is unlikely that you will make those kind of choices again (laughs) you know in the future but if you pick One of the choices that had uh, an outcome that felt really expansive to you and healthy and made you feel like, wow, you're really living your life in a beautiful way. And you you start to experience that, well, you are more likely again to even be able to foresee that yourself you start to gain your own understanding of um, these timelines. And I believe that these, the, the whole UFO interaction is on a microscopic scale that mm-hmm. how, how could we encourage human beings to bring this planet to the most beautiful, fervent, uh, expansive place that it could be and on another hand also learn how to communicate in better ways with species there in my experience millions of species uh-huh. throughout the planets some are nefarious they're not so pleasant to be around uh, and there's all sorts of reasons for that, and then there are others that actually, in my experience, also serve to protect the Earth, serve to protect humans.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. So with with the UFO phenomenon, in, in you know, I've done a lot of interviews, and you know, one of the things is like you know them disarming nuclear weapons, um, a lot of healing, and I've had a lot of guests that come on that have been healed after having experiences with extraterrestrials and then themselves having the ability to heal other people. Yes. Um, so I do agree that these extra, a lot of these extraterrestrials are trying to assist humanity in evolving and trying to prevent us from destroying ourselves. Um, have, have you had any direct experience with UFOs or extraterrestrials that fit that idea
2: yes I was in Arizona and was actually I, I started to begin this story the last time it was uh, my birthday uh, I was supposed to go on a long-awaited vacation with my partner who had had severe manic depression and we had been living with that for a long time it was a a very intense challenging life because there would be moves all the time because he would lose his job and It was just very challenging. The disease took over his life. And I knew that if I didn't go on this vacation that we were intended to go on, um, I would start to feel this deep, deep depression too, because I was exhausted in trying to support and help in our lives. I had to take on his job. And my job at a university that we worked at, and uh, in order for him to keep his job, so there was a, a lot of pressure in our in our lives. So I decided to take to still take this vacation, and went off to Arizona. And I got in a car afterward. I had no idea where I was going. It was it was in a way very unplanned. It was intended as a healing vacation Mm -hmm. so throughout this journey synchronistic crazy wild things were happening not the least of which was seeing a ufo with a group of strangers who i didn't know who i felt safe with for for some reason we were out on a platform where they were building a foundation for their home they had um been threatened because apparently there was some kind of military complex on the edge of their land that they had purchased and they were doing all sorts of healthy rituals to bring in the most positive energy for, for their home because they were right next to a military complex, and which could also be positive and healthy and all of that. But they knew there was something wrong. And they said to me that they felt like they were seeing these UFOs and they said they, they thought they were losing their mind and was it created by the military or something else? So we went to this spot to do a ceremony to kind of protect their land, protect their home, and also to be open to calling in this, this energy of the UFOs, these other species that we thought might be protecting. We didn't know within about 20 minutes of doing these ceremonies, and they were simple ceremonies, but they were also very powerful ceremonies of calling in this energy of protection in all sorts of religions. Everyone in the group had uh, very different backgrounds, very different cultures. All of a sudden we saw what we believed to be a UFO, and within about a minute, I was in communication with the being inside of this vessel. And they said um, that they were protecting, they were, call, uh, they were responding to, to this group's call and my call. And um, they wanted to tell us that they loved us. And we, that was like really surprising since we we were the ones who were asking for help. And here they are saying, we love you for asking Mm. for this protection. And so they asked us if we would follow it. So there were three couples and me, and we got in this vehicle and we started to follow this UFO as it was. Literally, like it felt like within arm's length of us, but of course, it was yeah. way further away, it just looked gigantic and really close to us. Two of the couples were frightened out of their minds. I was frightened, but I was also felt very calm, I felt like this was all supposed to happen. And it was also um, very important to open up this portal and to allow this, this help and assistance from whatever realm these beings were coming from. So we started driving like really fast down these back roads that we didn't even know that these, these people didn't even know existed. It was territory that was totally unfamiliar to me because I had never lived in Arizona. So we're driving, 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 driving. And we look up and we're still following, but there are all these woods, this wooded area, very forested area. We took a turn as the UFO took a turn. And I don't know, we're, we're, we're probably going 40 miles an hour but it was in terrain that would be best to drive around 20 miles an hour so if you can imagine you know it's like this in this gigantic jeep that we were in um and all of a sudden the the man who was driving screeches on his brakes there's this there's this like wall of uh yellow yellow and black stripes of uh, caution 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 and he screeches on his brakes and um just barely hits this wall and we are greeted by a man with a huge gun i don't know what kind look 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 maybe it was a machine gun Mm-hmm. I'm um, as you can tell really unfamiliar with guns but it was a a very large gun and he's pointing it to the window and again this whole time there is this mixture of welcoming the help and fear yeah so and we're at this point, I'm really in fear because what what is this? What is going on here? So the gentleman who was driving opens the window this much and just a little bit. And we're all trying to speak at once because we're all afraid we're going to get hurt. We're going to get killed in this context. And we say that we were following this UFO, that we were called to follow this UFO. And this man said, you saw nothing. There's this really intense, energetic. And he said, you turn this vehicle around and you get out of here and you never come here again. And if you do, I will kill you. So we're there just wondering what the heck is going on and we of course felt like we couldn't ask anything else So as we're turning around and we're all in a great amount of fear I say to everyone listen we need to just take a really deep breath because for some reason I feel like we are totally protected in this this is something is happening here and as soon as we moved away from that area we saw the UFO again and we followed the UFO out. and what we concluded that that was about was so it would be revealed that there was something going on that was nefarious and that was the communication that i received telepathically and that there needed to be something done about it by communicating with others about it and that th- there were two things going on one was that the, the help was being provided by these other entities, and that there might be um, these constructions of UFOs that were man-made, or made in in our country, in our world, in our on our planet, that were attempting to replicate something we didn't know enough about and could actually end up destroying the planet because we don't know because reverse engineering is not just a straight shot you just don't reverse engineer without understanding all the components not the least of which is these vehicles i was told were actually flown by thought patterns and and symbols of our energetic connection Mm -hmm. with so anyway that's the general story of the most one of the most significant experiences i had with ufos
1: wow that's that's really crazy like that they would lead you it's interesting that they would lead you know they tell you you love you that they you know they, they love you for asking for help take you into a situation where you could possibly be killed, revealing that there's something wrong and then leading you back out. Yeah. Um, like after that, with you and those people that were in the car, like yeah. did you guys, like what did you do with that piece of information? I mean, okay, so these these entities are trying to tell you that something bad is happening on this military base. I would think the next step is that they want you to take, let other people know as well about that base. I, am I correct?
2: Yes. Yes. And the people who lived there because they were building their house, as best they could contacted people who were friends or family members who were in the military who can actually do a – Back end type of investigation because they knew, you know, in that, I don't know, it was maybe three hours long, that whole experience, maybe a little longer than that. But when we were actually there with the uh, military man threatening us, um, it was like time was totally stopped. And so we felt protected in that. And so in that time frame, there was a lot of communication for me. And that during that time, it was as if we were each getting instructions on what to do afterward. So these people who I was with, the the women of the couples were... Um, we're actually not wanting to go on this journey, but I was told that it was important that they stay together mm-hmm. as couples to like support the process of this identification. So I, I didn't, um, I was not able to remain in touch with them. It was that that was a bizarre thing, but this happens sometimes. It is as if those people began to tell all these other people, but to get back in touch with them was it, it was like they were lost, they're mo- moved or disappeared or something
1: before, yeah,
2: you know. So, um, anyway, there was a lot that happened afterward related to, um many UFO sightings at that time that I wasn't even aware of because I wasn't tracking that at the time at all. This happened to me and then I was made aware of, holy cow, something really big is happening here.
1: Did you find out any information, like from people from the inside of that base on what was actually happening?
2: Uh, not really. Um, this was what I did find out was this whole thing of the Phoenix lights that, that happened after that event or very soon after that event, uh, I was told by several people that it was related to this effort to protect against the creation of things that could be dangerous without knowing and understanding of what was actually happening. Mechanically and psycho psycho bridging, psychic bridging of from one world to another.
1: I've also heard a lot about these crafts being able to, that they're operated by consciousness rather than by controls. And I've also heard stories about experiencers being allowed to actually drive these crafts. Yes, I've heard that too. What do you think is the purpose behind it? Like, why would they allow us to drive a ca- trust, or even trust us with the ability to to um, control their craft with our own consciousness?
2: You know the expression that's in many tr- uh, religious and spiritual traditions, saying you can do this and more
0: mm-hmm.
2: as human beings. I, I believe that they might be trying to access our own capacities of how do we influence with our own energetic. You know, I'm, I'm involved in a lot of consciousness research where, you know, what is it like to exper- experience psychokinetic capacities? What is it like to telepathically transmit communications with other people. And when you start to build that up in your own capacities as a human being, then I think that uh, species who, who are beneficent to us would love for us to learn even more how to do it. So maybe it's, hey, would you like to try this out? If you could do this on your planet, if you could move, if you could bend a spoon a little bit, maybe, maybe, really, the capacity is a lot larger than that, and you can actually run this craft for us, like we.
1: Yeah, I completely agree that that part of what they're trying to do is, one thing is like I think we have these psychic and telekinetic abilities and telepathy. I. I believe they're a natural part of humans. It's, it's something that we all have. Yes. However, um, as children, at, at, at some point, maybe it's like when religions took over or when governments took over, as children, they started to tell us that this stuff was imaginary and it was false. They they talked us out of believing in our own abilities that we now would consider supernatural, but they're probably just natural. Absolutely. And and to to make it easier for us to be controlled and managed by other people and other religions, and now these extraterrestrials, I think maybe see that this has become a real problem. Yes. And by trying to bring us back to some of those natural abilities that we had, which were which are really survival based, you know, abilities, we need those back in order to reclaim. I think some of our freedom some of our unique power is to reconnect us to spirituality.
2: I can't agree more and I also believe that there that they're coming back more right now because there's a great need right now. And you you had mentioned also something about after experiencing a ufo or having a near-death experience people have experienced having healing well getting back to that story of the experience with the the ufos warning us every single one of us had had experiences of feeling healed in some way after it was over and we physiologically felt um burnt Mm -hmm. like you know like uh, something had happened energetically and when you're exposed to uh, other energies that are trying to help you to build your consciousness it is very hard for our physiological bodies to to take it in without experience being burnt or some some other physiological experience which also gets healed over time, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So for,
2: for me, it was a complete healing of my heart around my divorce. It was as if a, 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 a switch was turned on and off in a really beautiful way of you are making the right decision Joyce. And not Because of the way in which you are doing it, which is it is out of love that you are doing this you are not Dissing your partner. You're not blaming him You're not doing this this and this but you are doing this to help both of your lives to move forward in the most Expansive way that you can and be the best people you can on this planet now in this lifetime So in that experience I had, when when we came back to the house and the foundation, it was as if all of the the sadness and the grieving that I was experiencing left me. It was like it just left my system Mm -hmm. and what filled me up was this absolute overflowing of love for the people I was with, who I didn't know at all, for my uh, partner, for my husband, who I was in the process of making this decision, for the beings who came to help us on this larger context but also on this more microscopic context and the people who were there who actually had injuries in their bodies were healed from those injuries, or they were like rapidly getting better when it was taking so long for them to get better. Um, Yeah, so all of that, I think, and that our capacities to do that were being triggered, like self-healing. You were talking about survival, all these powers that we have as human beings that were actually born with, I agree with you completely, then become enhanced. They become, en- they became enhanced in me and other people in near-death experiences and um, any time I had experiences with UFOs.
1: Hmm. Do you think that the healing that happens is a result of them purposely healing people or is it simply a side effect of us coming in contact with a higher vibrational conscious state?
2: I think it can be that and both. Like I think it can be the two, two of them together. I, I feel like it, Hmm. So if I were to reflect on all of the people that I've spoken to about UFOs and all the experiences I've had, I would say it's almost like their call to action for us and saying, we're going to help you out here. Um, You need to heal and you're calling out for healing from your cellular structure. And in that calling out, then it becomes a relational engagement. So then they're providing help, almost like the original Hippocratic Oath, the, the doctor helping the, the patient. So we're, we're calling in on this support and we're also gifting at the same time, so as we heal, they're also uh, feeling the energy of love. Essentially, it's I think it's the manifestation of what divine love means. Divine creation means you can heal a wound from the deepest love of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that
1: happen, too. And, yeah. Hmm. How about after having the, being healed yourself or, or that? I also have found one of the things is these people after being healed themselves just naturally have an ability or an effect on other people where they're healing other people. Almost unintentionally, they just have this ability to heal others now.
2: Yes, that does happen. And uh, I would also say it goes in cycles. So it's related to consciousness as well. I've seen it happen where someone will have the healing and then they'll lose it because they'll lose the connection of what it meant. It's not just coming from the outside of ourselves, but it really is from the inside out and the outside in like a toroidal uh, within ourselves so again for for me with the healing from the time i was a little girl and i know you and i talked about this a little that you knew you had some abilities when you were very young Mm -hmm. i I knew i did too and they were tamped down tamped down tamped down but then my first near-death experience actually called me to uh, come into this life accepting who I am, the second near-death experience uh, allowed me to remove blocks that were preventing me from fully expressing these gifts. And I already knew at seven years old that I had the capacity to allow this energetic this divine to work through me to help to heal other people then building that or developing that is part of the call to action so it's not just you have it and you could do it then it becomes a are you going to be conscious of it Mm
1: -hmm.
2: be grateful for it express gratitude for it when you do those two things, those two additional things, then it grows exponentially. Then it becomes
1: a life path, you know? Mm. It's interesting. You know, um, I have an an instance where I was going into my divorce and I was doing the podcast and I was interviewing an experiencer. It was Reverend Michael Carter. And... um, after that interview with him, my, it, it like healed me in a weird way. Like, like after that, the, the pain of the divorce, I still felt it, but it was nowhere near in, intense. And it's never been that intense again.
2: Yes. Yes. I'm getting goosebumps with you saying that, which, which is always my sign of, whoa, truth is being spoken here. Yes. There's uh that's beautiful, actually. That's, that's a beautiful expression and that you actually noticed
1: it. Okay. You know, being I had to a- notice it. Uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and to be grateful for it and then to, to tap into it, like, what was that for you? I would love to hear, what was that for you? That- I'm
1: still figuring that out. <laughs> I, that, that's part of why I do this, because I'm trying to figure out. What this is, you know, and, and, and that's not just like what this metaphysical stuff is, it's what all of this is, yeah. and, and even why it's all so like it's easy to look at life on the surface and be like, okay, get up, go to work, make money, go to college, do this, do that, have kids, buy a house, you know, but to really look at the deep reason why, you know why any of this exists and what it actually is is a whole nother story that i mean some people look at it maybe through the lenses of religion but i don't think that even comes close to giving us a true answer you know i think it's something that each individual has to find for themselves and we don't seek it for ourselves we never really find it And, and a lot of this unexplained phenomenon that i'm talking about i think leads people in that direction
2: Yes, I, I think uh, in both directions. So it leads us to that, but it also evokes it. Like, you know, if we're seekers, if we're trying to understand, you know, why are we alive, right? What, why are human beings even here? Oh, there's a whole bunch of reasons for that. If you start to seek that, sometimes it is like a call to these other beings saying oh i could tell you why you're here you know and when i when i experienced my near-death experience it was like and it is just like the tip of the iceberg when when the guide said to me would you like to hear about uh, uh, would you like to receive a download about uh, the mysteries of the universe. And I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs>
1: it's
2: literally just the tip of the iceberg. And it, it felt like I was there for 10 years when it happened in a fraction of a second, you know? So, so this reminds me, uh, Gary of of groundhog day. You're familiar with that movie, yeah, right? Yeah. Where the, the person who is the, uh, TV broadcaster uh, wakes up each morning and it starts all over again the very same day and at first it drives him crazy well think of that as an analogy to living lifetimes and what happened to him the transformation that occurred that by the end his life was as rich as he could possibly make it because he knew what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. He got to understand what was going to happen, and how he can make different choices. And in one day's time, in the end, the the bottom line was all about love. It was all about love, (laughs) loving yourself, loving each other, loving the planet, loving you know, everything. And and I don't say that tritely. This is a this is conscious evolution, <laughs> you know, this is consciousness. How do you evolve your consciousness is by becoming more aligned with what does love mean? What does it mean? You know?
1: Yeah. What does it mean to you? What is love to you?
2: For me, it is this just complete joy in, in being able to create, to be able to, uh, experience in the flesh and not in the flesh, how we express ourselves as beings that are eternal and everything is a. curiosity and an honoring of the uniqueness that is abounding in the all that is you know I I think I think of the most amazing things like yesterday I was (laughs) I don't know if I told this story about um, my connection with hummingbirds and literally coming up to my door and this hummingbird coming to my face, Mm -hmm. trying to communicate with me to say, oh, I've run out of hummingbird serum that you give me. Can you please feed me (laughs) And, and my family, right? And, and I'm seeing this hummingbird, like just exuding the love. Like it was all at once, several things. It was the hummingbird saying, I love you so much, Joyce. Thank you for feeding me for so my whole life or whatever it's been. And could you please help me? Because I need more food, <laughs> right? <laughs> now. It, was, it was like we do as humans. Like, you know, it's the same kind of thing. And in that moment of the hummingbird speaking to me, it it was like time didn't exist, and I could have been outside of my body, I could have just been a speck of dust, but I experienced it in the same way, this conscious awareness of, here's this incredible being, expressing and communicating itself to me, in this moment in time, and imagine that, Billions and trillions and gazillions upon billions of time, and that we get to create those moments ourselves in all that we do, and every day and every moment. That's how we draw miracles to ourselves and really experience what it means to truly love our life, love being, love. Everything, you
1: know? It sounds absolutely perfect and easy. However, I know for me sometimes it is difficult to get myself out of my own misery.
2: Yes, I know. I know. We all experience that. I do too. I understand that. So so when that happens, boy, I just I just have to stop action when I hear myself my, you know, the, our monkey minds mm-hmm. saying, ah, oh, my life sucks. You know, <laughs> like I have to wake up each day and, and oh, especially when all, all manner of things goes wrong at one time, like my plumbing <laughs> 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 and water is coming into my apartment mm-hmm. and, and all I could do is pull out every towel I have and, and mop up every two hours until the plumber comes, you know, Um, and then computers break down. And then I get a call that there's a death in the family. I mean, it was like, this last month was like that, like all manner of external craziness happening in life. I have to just literally stop action. I have to notice what I'm doing, like, oh, I'm just focused on all the horrible things that are happening, I need to stop action and literally close my eyes and take a really deep breath and ask myself in that moment, just in that moment, just think of one thing you are grateful for, Joyce, one thing. and literally that that it's like a pattern interrupt it just interrupts the whole process of getting on that monkey mind everything is horrible feeling you know and there are many other things there are many other ways you could do that too but you know appreciation and and like in Groundhog Day, suddenly seeing these things as uh, playful instead. Like, okay, um, there's a Noah's Ark flood in my apartment. What can I do to swim out of it?
1: <laughs> <You know>? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and 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 this is for people too. Like the whole divorce. Like I was, I was depressed. For months before <laughs> mm-hmm. and I was depressed for months afterward because it was such a hard decision because I put meaning on it that might not have been accurate meaning. Like like re this is another thing that the communication with people or uh, beings in other planets and angelic realms and guides have helped me with and have helped my clients with. And that is that um, we assign meaning to things because we're seeing, we're looking myopically at something. We're seeing one small sliver of what life is like. And when we step outside of ourselves, like in a near-death experience, and we could do this without having a near-death experience, Getting that bird's eye view and saying, you know, what if we rewrote this story as a comedy? What would it look like? What meaning would we assign it? You know, so I had to reassign meaning to what was the purpose of my getting divorced? Well, it wasn't certainly wasn't to harm my husband. Right. Mm -hmm. It was to it was out of love. And as soon as that new meaning came through, it, it just made an entirely different, difference, (laughs) it made a difference in attitude, in, in appreciation of that person was in my life intimately for a certain amount of time for a reason and It was a reason why we had to get divorced which in the context of choices, if it's a choice made out of love versus fear, you know that the outcome is going to be better. (laughs) It just, thats that I know for sure, is that when you make choices out of love, the overall outcome it's
1: about what? Hmm. That's a lot. <laughs> you know, because I, I agree. I completely agree that, that, you know, but, um, sometimes it. I don't know. It's, uh. L- like I, I, I believe, like I, I understand, like, like through the divorce thing, like for me, I was angry for a long time and hurt, and and actually like like this month was like the the year anniversary of, of you know it uh, happened, and I've been looking back, you know, like like at first I thought like you know my life was completely miserable and this and that, but I kind of looked back at the year now, like, I'm like, oh, huh, well, I really did. A, get really far in a short amount of time and and i'm in a better place yes but but being was going through it though it was hard it's hard to see
2: well you see how um our our perception of time gets really skewed Mm -hmm. the, the gift of having experiences like we've been talking about um expands time. So you had a judgment about yourself that, oh, a year has gone by and initially, uh, I'm, I'm not any better off, but now you're looking in a, in a calmer space and saying, you know, I I made some headway there. And, you know, you, you also have to take into account the whole nature of human beings and grieving. And being okay with being angry. You, you, you were going, you were, and are going through stages mm-hmm. of grieving, and you can't get to the next stage before you go through the others. <laughs> in a way, you know, you might jump around, but eventually, those those are going to be still there, so
1: even. It's, so it's normal to go through sta- the stages of anger and frustration and all that stuff and then then to, into love and, and acceptance and sometimes backwards again and just flipping around
2: absolutely I mean it's been a long time since I've been divorced and my ex-husband and I still talk together speak together on a pretty regular basis and um and we and and sometimes we'll even go through cycles of recycling things like why we were mad at each other you know or why uh certain things happened and and there but each time it's richer each time we learn more about each other and our friendship Mm -hmm. our you know it and this doesn't Mm -hmm. always happen with people who get divorced but I find it to be um, just a beautiful outcome is that I am still able to be friends with my original, one of my original best friends
1: Uh. because,
2: you know, that's what we were together. And to lose the intimate partner is one thing, but to lose the deep friendship is yet another thing and And so, you know if you're if you're not best friends or if you're not if you weren't best friends, then it's a little different how you might um, experience a divorce in these cycles. Mm. But if you were best friends and you want to um, reclaim the friendship, and it takes time to do that, and it's important not to do that right away because it's not healthy to do it right away but in the long-term future um it's it's a beautiful thing to have as a possibility
1: Hmm. interesting um i don't know i I think about all everything that we've talked about you know from, from from ufos to Near-death experience, extraterrestrials, and then something as simple and mundane as, as divorce and broken plumbing—you know—in um, and, and how it's all connected. It, it's everything is absolutely you know is, is connected to one thing. You know, our consciousness, how we perceive it, how we frame it, um, and and I think that's like basically like been the gist of what we've been talking about is how we sort of decide. To frame things and how we do that changes the situation absolutely
2: yeah and to call in it, when you know when we're feeling the all the mundane things of life that can be really annoying as you know <laughs> um, and and also um, so many people resort to um, addictions and other things that end up bringing them out of the capacity to be conscious about it and so taking those routes make it even harder to to draw back in um, to this deep connection it's like a it's it's like we gift ourselves by reframing that's that's a real gift to ourselves and we also can invite another gift for ourselves which is the communication with those who are in you know beyond this realm not constrained by a body who can um, who can actually help us by their communication with us. So when I said I stop action, when things get all kaflooey, and I
1: mm-hmm.
2: start to look at gratitude, well, I also might sit and pray, you know? I might I might just say, you know, I'm throwing up my arms. I don't have any more solutions at this time, even though normally I have a, a list um, thousand miles long of what I, could do to evoke a better outcome you know and feel better and whatever and same with my clients um, they the more tools they have to use the better off they are and the choice of not going down the addictive route versus the I'm gonna call on you know, even, even a close relative who might have been close to you, you can call on, and they will come. They will come. <laughs> uh, you know, not, they won't come in a form that you might want. But if you pay attention, there are messages that start to appear. And this is how the bridge between the veil of dimensions happens. It becomes thinner and thinner when you start to ask for help from these other arenas from these other realms and i i so value these kind of conversations gary they're i love the, the name of your podcast <laughs> everything imaginable could you just explain it beautifully we, you said we could talk about ufos and uh meeting up with aliens and communication with aliens and and we could talk about plumbing too because it is all connected
1: it is interesting like when you talk about like where sometimes the help comes from Um, yes one of the things that i've noticed too is when i sort of stop trying to force things to go my way and kind of let go that's when, uh, and, and just be aware and listen to other people and look at look for look for opportunities rather than trying to force things to happen. That's when things seem to go smoother. Yes. Yes. It's like I have to get out of my own way. Yeah,
2: and there's there's a nice blend with that for for people. Um, some of the people I've worked with have said, um, Oh, I, I feel so complacent when I do something like that, you know, like when I just let go.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but there's this beautiful dynamic balance that we as human beings can choose. And that is how responsible f- can we be for the li- life that we are living in initiating something to happen but when it gets to the point of you feeling it being pushed that's a signal to say okay now i have to let go i've done everything humanly possible now maybe i just need to let divine allow for the unfolding to occur Mm
1: -hmm. and that's the fine balance of like how much work and how much effort to put into something and then when to, to let it go and let it create itself organically.
2: Yeah. And there are also Gary, there are seasons, you know, we are not in a world mm. where seasons occur for, for just, just because, you know, the seasons that are expressed in our world are the same as, a life of a human so when you think of you know winter it's it's things are dying things are leaves are falling hibernation occurs mm-hmm. and the spring is the regeneration the rebirth the beginning that's why many indigenous tribes honor the directions so much and honor the seasons so much is because they are reflective of of living our life and and accepting those seasons when we can accept that it's the season of let's just say uh hibernation Mm -hmm. we could accept the season that we're not going to be really crazy productive we're not going to be in you know a new birth phase and we're going to allow for what is. And some people may say, oh, I'm so bored. You know, I'm not doing anything. Well, this is a season for, for not, not acting. Because if you do, what you create during this time may not have legs. You know? It doesn't have anything to grow into because the soil is frozen. It's winter.
0: You mm. know?
1: How, how do we recognize our... Like I know, like obviously, like just like the life seasons, you know, like we're born in the spring and then the summer, you know, it's like mating time, and then in the <laughs> falls, like that midlife, get to kind of just enjoy stuff, and then there's the winter of death, you know. But I think we also experience them on a smaller scale too, which for oh, me oh is harder to recognize.
2: Yeah, I think we can uh, actually experience it every day, like yeah. or we. You know?
1: Yeah, we wake up in the morning, you know, then you have your day where you're productive. Later on, you relax, and then you fall asleep, which is like death.
2: Yes. And and you can think also, like, remember when biorhythms were really popular, Mm -hmm. finding what your biorhythms are. I think it is important to understand your own rhythm. Like, some people say to me, I have to take a siesta every day which is the winter the the death season, mm-hmm. you know, the sleep season. So they have to have that plus their sleep at night. Where is their biorhythm highest? Maybe it's in the morning. I'm I'm like really whacked out. Like I am a night a night hawk and an early bird. Mm-hmm. So I stay up till all hours, and then I sleep a very short amount of time, and then I wake up really early. Sometime during the day is a real crash for me, and it's it's somewhere around, somewhere between one thirty and four thirty in the afternoon, and I literally have to just interiorize. I I can't be with people. I, it's It's not a productive time for me. It's a time where I have to regroup Mm -hmm. and get quiet. And so, when people understand their own rhythms in that way, and sometimes they could change too, you know, like some days in the afternoon, I'm full of energy, but it might relate to the moon and the the, the placement of the planets and, you know, where we fall on the astrological chart
1: affects us too. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Timing is really an important thing. And, and I guess it's another one. It's all connected. You know, and the ancient cultures knew this. The ancients, you know, they, they, they recognized the seasons. They recognized the times. They recognized the planets. They, they did their rituals and ceremonies all according to all of that. They, they included certain colors and sounds that are attributed to them in order to bring about you know different magical results um, it, it's it, what, what fascinates me is that they knew that and here we are supposedly way more advanced as we've forgotten
2: yeah yeah i I met indigenous peoples who literally were so connected to nature knew those seasonal timings that they could actually fish with their hands because they knew when the fish was coming they actually invited the fish they said I need to create nutrition for my family this is in current day <laughs> this is this is now and they would sense in The exact moment that the fish will come by and grab the fish, and Hmm. and and that's amazing. And that's why it's so important that I say to young people: uh, get off your cell phones, get away from your computer. Now, this is not to dis technology because technology has helped us too if we didn't have all the pro- progress of our technology, we couldn't communicate as we do because we lost the art of telepathy. Right. But in losing something, how do you gain it back? Um, it's, it's so important to not become so reliant on our technology that we're lost. Imagine, imagine if, there was a blackout, people would be freaking lost, you know, it would be complete mayhem. We have had blackouts in California and people panic. Well, what, what did they do before? They listened, they listened to the earth. They listened to, um, you know, even even lighting a candle
1: yeah yeah we we went for power for a long without power during hurricane sandy up here for a long period of time
0: yeah
1: and but
0: where it, are
2: you located where are you located Garrett?
1: right now i'm in new jersey okay so yeah and, like, and we had during hurricane sandy and you know some places were out of power for like six weeks yeah you know and you had to use candles and find different ways to cook and it also brought people together because there was no TV. That's right. So, so, you know, you had to go, you go to somebody's house and sit around and drink coffee and tell stories instead. Yeah. And it was actually really nice.
2: It is really nice. It is really nice because it, it brings back the humanity of like, why are we here in the first place?
1: Absolutely. Um, So thank you for coming on again. It's always a pleasure having you and talking with you. Um, I had like one more question that I wanted to ask, which is, um, how does all this make a difference? Like the timing, the knowledge, the separation of technology, the Recognizing consciousness and connecting with guys. Is this going to, how is all, when you take all of this and put it together, like how is it going to, how does that help us as individuals?
2: I feel like we're in this age called the Kali Yuga. It's a time where everything seems so much more of a struggle and things are falling apart it's another one of those really gigantic cycles right the more that we become conscious and we ask for help the sooner we are able to see signs of what is the next phase which is the golden age and you know you you and i both have heard for many decades now, the age of Aquarius is upon us, right? Well, the age of Aquarius, just like any cycles, comes in very slowly. It's replacing this Kali So think middle ages to moving into the early Renaissance. Um, People felt oppressed (laughs) during The transition it's mayhem and chaos well when you look back on history and you look back on on our lives during the Middle Ages actually many light oriented things were happening it just wasn't what was the majority but you and I and many other people who literally call in These higher consciousness awarenesses and light into the sphere now brings it to us more immediately than waiting for it to come. Mm -hmm. This is how it helps us. It helps us to help others. I was saying before, I was called onto this planet this time in a different way than in the past. I'm using all of the things that I did wrong and things that I've done beautifully to help inspire people to bring the more beautiful world and life into their lives now so that they could truly experience it um, and help others too. And in a way, I don't mean like save our planet like our planet is, I really believe is going to be fine. But the more that we can shine this light, the more possibility it has to be protected now. And and I think it takes each one of us individually and uniquely to add to the mix that makes a difference in in whether in whether our planet is going to survive. But I I have total hope. I have seen in the future that it is going to survive. Um, but it's it takes the I want to say work play. It takes this these choices. And and the more we choose that that we have this these powers that we don't have to power over anyone else that we can honor each other the more that we get closer and closer to the divine from whence we came you know and and that's what this is about it's like re-understanding re-remembering our connection to the whole and expressing it in these these incredibly diverse ways
1: that is awesome. And, and, and I think you're doing that. I think you're absolutely doing that. You're bringing out these ideas and helping people along their path and bringing more knowledge into the world, which will hopefully in, accelerate the process from this age into the next and to make the transition a little bit smoother for everyone.
2: Yes, smoother and not so much struggle. Like, I think people are done with struggle right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think I've had enough struggle too. (laughs) Uh, Um, So before we wrap it up, where's the best place for my listeners to find you? I know you have a book out. You have a website.
2: Yeah, my website is leadbywisdom.com. And you can contact me at joyceanastasia at gmail.com. And if you do say that you've been on this podcast listen to this podcast i am happy to offer 50 percent off of any of my services for for listeners
1: that's fantastic
2: yeah you are
1: welcome i'll put all that information in the notes of this episode so our listeners can find you and take advantage of that great offer that you're putting out there
2: well it's really important i feel like the more People that, uh, yeah, can be supported in their own massive transformation, um, the better off we all will be. And I just, I just really respect and honor each person's pathway. Feel like it's really, really important. And uh, I know this is gonna sound funny, but I really love. Humanity. I love people, even when we make really crazy choices. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do, too. I want to see things work out for the best. I don't like seeing people harm each other. Exactly. Especially over arbitrary things. That's what we do.
2: Yeah, and we don't need to. We don't need to do that. We never need to do that. No. We do that.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you again for being on. And just hang on for one moment while I play the outro.
2: Okay, thank you so much.
1: Thank you.
0: Recording stopped. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or message him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the cost of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of this page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. You can also buy the book Enlightenment Guarantee. It's the only book on ten that you'll ever need. You can find it on Amazon. and It will change your life. Because remember, everything that it says was first imagined. If you loved what you listened to today, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Again, thank you for listening to everything imaginable with Gary Cochulho.